our opinion, and we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network. To the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. Good morning. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone on Voice America Women's Network. And joining me this morning is my co-host, Lauren Beller. How are you this morning, Lauren? Good morning, Catherine. How are you? I'm fine. I uh, had a, did a speech last night for the E-Women Network here in uh, upstate New York, in Albany, New York. And? And I think it went a very well. I had one of the ladies come up to me after the speech and said, you have to speak for the local Chamber of Commerce. So See I, how that happens? Yes, I did. And I did some networking, which was very cool. Uh, very different venue, though. You know, radio, television, and then actually doing public speaking and, and having an audience there. We had about 50 people and because uh, it was we had huge ice storms here yesterday but it's 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 very different to have a real uh, you can see your audience <laughs> and you can see their reaction uh, i think it's more difficult than it is doing radio but i'm more used to doing that so but i know you do a lot of public speaking i like that face to face because then you get to you get a sense of immediate feedback that's because you're 40. <laughs> so one lady says you're to me, I mean, Lauren, I'm sitting at the table and we're having dinner. I don't really eat before I do a, a speech. I, I can't eat before I do a show. It just, I don't like to be all stuffed. She said to me, oh, my gosh. She asked me how old I was. She said, oh, I thought you were, like, in your early 50s. So I thought, oh, wow, great makeup job. Yeah, there's good feedback. Isn't it? Uh, I have this great topic. I want to talk to you about it a little bit because it's called uh, Re-Careering, Invest in Yourself. And that's what you talked about, right? Yes, re-careering, invest in yourself. Uh, but before we talk about that, want to tell everyone who's going to be up in the next hour. The first one is uh, Sherry Olyurod. And Sherry is one of the senior editor uh, editors of uh, the Betty Crocker cookbooks. I mean, there are lots of them. There's actually a Betty Crocker cookbook for women. This is the Betty Crocker cookbook Heart Health Edition, and it's, really has recipes, you know, recipes that are good for your heart. And they also focus on a lot of information about women's heart health. Uh, also is uh, coming up in this half hour is going to be Amy Tiemann. She's a Ph.D., and she's author of the book Mojo Mom to talk to us about social networking. I'm interested in this topic. Yeah, social networking. <laughs> a lot of people over the age of 30 don't know what social networking is, and even if they do, they don't know how to use it. So she's going to tell us all about that. And then Mark Summers. Have you seen Mark Summers? He's on the Food Network. I haven't seen him. I'm not a big Food Network watcher. Oh, well, you you don't have enough time. But anyway, Food Network it's is true. very cool. I mean, uh, Lauren, they have so many different programs. And on the Food Network, he's hosted several of them. But this one is going to be one of those reality TV TV shows called The Ultimate Recipe Showdown. That sounds fun. Yes, it does. They're pitting, I guess it's women and men against each other. They have whittled it down to 54 entries, and these uh, guests are going to be creating all their special foods in different categories. Mark will tell us about that. Um, and a full uh, day today. A full day today, so interrupt anytime you want. Okay, recareering, invest in yourself. Very interesting topic because I really, after the speech, a lot of women came up to me and said, you really hit the nail on the head. You know, everybody, there are a lot of how-to books about how to re-career. 
uh, and they're very specific how you want to, whether you're working in a big corporation. There's uh, don't retire, rewire. That's I've a new heard one. that one, yeah. Yeah. And they tell you exactly how to do it, how to, you know, retiring is moving away from something, rewiring is going towards something, something new. Uh-huh. Uh, then there is the book, Voc- uh, he was on my show, uh, Vocation Vacations, he talks about, you know, going to different uh, venues, thinking that, you know, like say if you want to, well, he lists, you know, uh, this is an example of a, of a couple who wanted to open up a bed and breakfast, and so they get to go, they pay a certain amount of money, money, they go to a bed and breakfast, they're mentored by the person who owns the place, and to see whether they try it out, whether, see, is this what they really want? This particular couple, the wife did and the husband didn't, which was a good thing to find out. Definitely, and I think that's just a valuable thing to do no matter what. Yeah, it Whatever is. industry you want to get it yourself into. Absolutely, and there were so many people in this book, architects who want to be sports announcers, you know, try that out, have opportunities. I recommend getting the book. Some of these things are fairly costly. Some people keep doing it as they go around to different vocation vacations all the time, which is which would be interesting. But the real thing, Lauren, and you and I have talked about this, It's that's the how-to, but the real thing is as women – very often we don't plan ahead when it comes to have to re-careering. You know, we, we don't do that. We wait until a crisis occurs. We wait until we get divorced. 53% of us are going to wind up getting divorced, and uh, I'm one of them. Uh, we wait till something happens in our family, somebody gets sick, or parents, or children, or spouse, or partner, and then we're forced to re-career or, or do our careers in a different way, and we really have to prepare for it. And I also think it's a mindset. You know, it's, we think that recreering is a bad thing, and I think it actually could be a really great thing depending on how we're thinking about it. You know, it's, it doesn't always have to be back against the wall in the corner, you know, feeling like you're on the defensive in the process, but be on the offensive. Exactly. Think Leonardo da Vinci and Benjamin Franklin, whom we've always called Renaissance men because they held more than one job and did more than one type of task throughout their whole lives. Exactly. And we can do the same thing. And the statistics actually bear out exactly what you're saying. I think that uh, most people will have at least three careers during their life, uh, three to five careers, and then some of us will have between 10 to 12 jobs. So the idea is to plan ahead for it. I think it's wise. Plan ahead of what, you know, where do you want to go? What do you want to be? I can imagine you did such a great job on this topic last night because you've done this. Exactly. I've done it and I gave examples of myself. Everybody likes to hear personal examples. Uh (laughs) And I love to talk about myself. (laughs) So I gave personal examples. Uh, For instance, when I was uh, pregnant with my third, I was not working. I was acting and doing community theater and I was volunteering and I had a master's degree in counseling, but I knew that if I wanted to practice in New York State, because I had moved from New Jersey uh, once my kids were in school, that I would need to get a master's in social work degree. So I did that while I was pregnant. I was seven months pregnant by the time I finished with the degree. And this was planning ahead, not sure what I was going to do with it, but knew that I need to be prepared. And so I would commute to SUNY Albany two days a week from Oneonta, to New York. We're talking out in the sticks, uh-huh. 80 miles, and uh-huh. this big pregnant throwing up every meal that I ate, but still I got through the program. And then when I was, t- I gave birth at the end of when I graduated. And then two, and in the fall, I, two months later, I had to take this certification exam. And I hired a nanny, 
and I was still nursing. I had just given birth a week before. Couldn't make the drive. Nursing the baby. Drove into Albany with her, and I still had maternity clothes on. Drove to take the test because I knew that I, you know, you want to take the test as soon after you that you finish the program. Took it, passed it, done. Wow! Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at me. We're on the radio. Right. I don't want you. To... <laughs> don't look at you. No, don't. Just, but just listen. Just listen. And isn't that a great example? So it I is a great example. Planning ahead, but not exactly knowing specifically what for. But uh, here was another statistic that Merrill Lynch did uh, that um, they say that baby boomers who plan ahead in terms of retirement or changing jobs or careers um, are less fearful. I would agree with that yeah. because you have a sense of what you can control versus the, you know constantly facing the unknown and afraid of what it could happen or the worst case scenario. Do you think, Lauren, that you? I mean, did you think? Did you plan ahead? <laughs> I mean, you have a new baby. Two-year-old. I, I keep saying new baby. Uh, two-year-old. Yeah, you have a two-year-old, and do you think you would have? done things different in terms of your own career, knowing what the ramifications of having a two-year-old are, or are you just... That's a good question. I don't yeah. think I would have done it differently. You know, thank God, God gives us nine months to plan. <laughs> and there's a lot you Lord, can do in your yeah. career in nine months. That's true. So I do think, um, I do think that I position like my book came out just before, like um, my book came out two months into my pregnancy, which was really, like, great timing. So I have, you know, that was, if I, I guess, to be honest with you, I couldn't have planned it better if I was planning it. Right. So you didn't plan it, but it worked out well because the good Lord helped you? Absolutely. <laughs> and But I do think that it's, that is part of it. In other words, we have to, like, how do you make the best of the situation, whether you're having a baby, whether you're moving, whether you lose a job. And I've lost a job before. Um, I've been in that situation where, you know, one week you had a job and the next week you didn't, and it was a total surprise. So, you know, that unexpected does happen, too, and how do, we, to, how do we make the best of it as women, as career people, so that it um, serves us versus not? And not make the best, you know, I, I don't know about making the best of Not making the best of it sounds a little bit like being the victim that I can handle, because that, doesn't it? I mean, doesn't that imply that you haven't made any alternative plans or that you don't have it? Like you say, I mean, things do happen. Children get sick. Parents get sick. Aging parents get sick. You have to take care of them. You can't work full time. But have a plan. Have a plan. Of a, yeah. yeah. No, not just make the best of it, but actually have a plan to plan ahead to re-career, whether that means an entire different career or taking those skills that you all already have and use them in a different type of job or different type of career. You just said something really important. I think it's about not ever seeing yourself as the victim. And women? We do. I think we tend to think of see ourselves as the victim, but in any situation, no matter what is thrown our way, is to see ourselves as powerful and how can we create the, make the best decision possible based on what's thrown at us. I think, Lauren, that we put ourselves in a position to be victims. We we don't necessarily see ourselves as victims, but because we don't make certain choices, we be, end up being victims. Yeah, I because, think that's true. Yeah, because we're held. We're and I talked about the what ifs. Are you familiar with Shel Silverstein's poems? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and most of these ladies were because you've read them to your kids. You know, what if, what if, what if this and that? What ifs keep us up? And what if I don't do this? And what if you know somebody gets sick? And what if I don't have enough money? And what if 
my boss tells me that, uh, you know, he's firing me. And those what-ifs keep us from acting. They keep us sort of paralyzed because we get so anxious about them that we, you know, what if I don't pay the mortgage? And so it's the what-ifs that prevent us from actually doing what we need to do to plan ahead, to do what we need to do for ourselves, invest in ourselves. Exactly. I think that, yeah, I think that this part of recreering is seeing our our power and, yeah, it's all yeah. good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seeing our power and being and, and, and acting on it. Exactly. I mean, I, More yeah, importantly. Exactly. I gave an example of a friend of mine who lives in New Jersey who has a it was in the jewelry business and she became very successful at it, but became overwhelmed, needed to hire you know, and, and needed to hire somebody to invest in herself financially to do something about uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Wouldn't do any she, Oh, I can't do that. I said, oh, hey, wait a minute. I said, crazy. your husband, Bob, he's a lawyer. When he started out, he had a secretary, didn't he? And he wouldn't even think about running a practice without it. And exactly. Of course, she wouldn't think so either. He invested in himself. We tend not to do that. And we don't and think of that as investing in ourselves. It's like appropriate to do that if you're a man in a professional situation, but not appropriate if we're a woman in, woman in a non-traditional situation. Exactly. So re-careering, invest in yourself. And here's one lady who has invested in herself. She's going to be the, she is a senior editor. She's coming up next after we take our break at Betty Crocker Cookbooks and that's Sherry Road. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Catherine Zox on Voice America Women's Network with Lauren Deller. Talk with you, not at you. We're Voice America, Women's Radio Network, the new face of talk radio. I have three children, and I've been raising my 16-year-old sister. Mary Gallagher and her family shared a two-bedroom apartment with eight people. Now Habitat for Humanity is helping her build a simple, decent, affordable home of her own. When we first found out that we were getting a Habitat home, it was like a dream. I kept saying, don't anybody wake me up. Not only is Mary helping build her own home, she'll buy it with a no-profit, zero-interest mortgage to keep it affordable. Habitat came out and built my home, and when Mary started building her house, I wanted to come out and give a hand. We're not just building Mary's house, we're building a neighborhood. There's several more to be built this year, and I look forward to working on each of their houses and seeing the joy of their face when they open the door to their brighter future. Habitat for Humanity. Building homes, changing lives. Support the work in your community. Visit Habitat.org. I feel very blessed. God has answered all of my prayers. We are home. Ladies, are you looking for a place where you can talk candidly about anything and everything? Well, here it is. Timeless Women Speak on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll talk about sexuality, age-proofing your career, finding your passion and purpose, keeping your brain power, keeping your marriage fresh, dating for grown-ups, plastic surgery, surviving our beauty culture, and much more. Tune in Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific to Timeless Women Speak with Dr. Nancy O'Reilly on the Voice America Women's Channel. Radio that talks with you, not at you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. 
You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back to The Catherine Zox Show. I am Catherine Zox, and thank you so much for joining us this morning with Lauren Deller, my co-host on Voice America Women's Network. I'm your social worker with a microphone, and joining us in this half hour is Sherry Olerud, and she is uh, the author, one of the senior editors, actually, of the Betty Crocker Cookbook Heart Health Edition. And this Betty Crocker Cookbook, with its heart, heart health section, can help you in your daily quest to lead a heart-healthy life. Although heart disease still has a reputation of being a man's disease, the truth is that it kills one in four women. Welcome to the show, Sherry. Nice to have you on again. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Another one of your great cookbooks. Oh, you know, this is such a beautiful book, and we really, we're really on, you know, really on this thing about um, health, and we really want women to get the message that, just as you said, heart disease is the number one killer of women, and that's why Betty Crocker partnered with Women Heart to get the message out to women everywhere and to take action against their, you know, against heart disease. And Women Heart is the National Coalition for Women with Heart Disease. Uh, I just want to know that. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so it's a fabulous book, fantastic book, a great book, obviously. This is Valentine's Day, February mm-hmm. 14th, and so it's a great book for women to buy for their partners or their partners to buy it for them or spouses to buy it for each other. Uh, a great book, and you can buy it online, bookstores everywhere. Okay, tell us what's special, though. What do you have? What What's the content of the book? Why does it heart healthy recipes? But there's a mm-hmm. lot of other mm-hmm. stuff in there, also. Sharing. There is. You know, yeah. this is our this is our basic cookbook. So you're going to find recipes for pie crust and candy and cookies and casseroles and all those things. But the fir- you know the first section is um, written by cardiologists. I mean, we we spent time with cardiologists who told us, you know, here's some tips, here's some information, here's some lifestyle things. And we know that we can't do anything about our gender or our age or, or our um, health history you know, or our family history, but 80% of the risk factors for heart disease we can do something about. We can make changes in our kitchen. We can be more active. We can quit smoking. We can know our cholesterol and blood pressure numbers, and we can be in charge, really, of our own health. Yeah, you, and you list those in the front of the book, which is very good. Know your cards, major yeah. risk factors for heart disease, and you're right. Twenty percent you can't change, but eighty percent you can change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and this yeah. book obviously is going to help us to do that by by uh, making some of these wonderful heart health recipes. Um, and they are good too. They're not, you know, mm-hmm. you think about heart health recipes. Well, they have to be, you know, bland and tasteless, and who wants mm-hmm. to do it? But not true. No, not true at all. In fact, um, two of my favorite recipes are in that heart health section. They're loaded potatoes, because we know people love potatoes, and we know people love burgers. And so another of my favorite recipes is this broiled Dijon burger. And um, you're right, the recipes also have a lot of flavor, because like the loaded potatoes, you know, we're still doing the creamy portion. We're using reduced fat sour cream and a reduced fat sharp cheddar cheese, so you get a really nice hit of, of cheesy, creamy flavor. And Sherry, does it still taste as good when you use the reduced? Because I know when you hear the, you know, one-third less fat or one-third less butter or salt, you think, well, is it going to have that same, like, zip to it? You know, and the fact that also we're adding mushrooms and ham and onions, I think those, you know, those things combined with the reduced fat. Actually, I think for mo- for a lot of people, once they've made the transition to reduced fat ingredients, they almost like them better than the full fat. I think you're right. And the other thing, when you just mentioned, if you use like seasonal kinds of vegetables and and, mm-hmm. and you good. 
produce mm-hmm. and and good meats, whatever you use, and that's where you get the flavor from. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really the real thing. And then in the Dijon burgers, we're saying to people, you know, if you um, have cholesterol issues, if you want to reduce your cholesterol, use egg whites instead of a whole egg in making your burgers. And then we also give that extra boost of flavor from Dijon mustard and horseradish and some things that really give you a nice flavor hit. And I want to add one thing to that because my mother, mm-hmm. and she's one of my mentors, okay. and yes, a, a Betty Crocker user mm-hmm. of cookbooks. That's mm-hmm. where I first became familiar with Betty Crocker cook, cookbooks, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, we were talking about using egg, white, egg whites, and of mm-hmm. course in that you don't have the cholesterol, but even mm-hmm. if you want a little cholesterol, you can take one egg and then use two two eggs just with the egg whites. So you get one, and so you yeah. get this big, yeah, exactly, that's another way of doing it. Yes, absolutely. And then um, we're also asking people, you know, in your kitchen, here's just a few changes you can make. You can use oil instead of butter, and that will be huge. I mean, the the polyunsaturated fat that oil has is so much better for people than the saturated fat of butter and margarine. So what kind of oils? Do we use the extra virgin olive oil, plain well, olive oil, or what, or just vegetable oil? Well, you know, what we really recommend is canola oil because it's got, um, it's got the omega-3s in it. So we recommend that. Olive oil is also very good. I mean, if people want to use regular olive oil, if they want to do extra virgin, I mean, th- those are all very good oils. And even if people are using corn oil or peanut oil, those are very good. Any, of the, any oil is so much better for us than the saturated fat of butter. Omega-3s, and I haven't heard, you know, it's interesting you should say that because, you know, they recommend also, and you, I'm sure, recommend as well, at least have fish three times a week that, because yeah. that has the omega-3 fatty acids, mm-hmm. which is great for cutting down on cholesterol and it's heart healthy. Yeah. I've never heard anybody dispute that. You know, you hear a lot of disputes about all kinds of things, mm-hmm. keeping your heart healthy, statins, all of those things, but those omega-3s, it mm-hmm. seems consistent with anyone you talk to, professionals, mm-hmm. that you, we really need those in our diet, which, yeah. of course, is you recommend in the book. Right. I agree with that. And if people are really into um, grains and all that kind of stuff, flaxseed is another good way to get omega-3s. You just, you know, you either buy flaxseed and grind them in your coffee grinder or you can buy flaxseed meal and sprinkle that over the top of oatmeal or cereal or yogurt and you're getting omega-3s in that too. Do you have to get the flaxseeds at the health food store or can you get them at the grocery store? You know, you can get them at the grocery stores now. I've seen them in the, in, you know, in with the grains and the, with the seeds and stuff. So you can buy them at most grocery stores. Yeah, that's the beauty of this cookbook, too, I have to say, because it's yeah. not a cookbook where you have to be going to find a specialty grocery store or you have to go to the health food store. I mean, I would say that most all of your ingredients in the, in the Heart Healthy Cookbook, the, is uh, you can just go to your local regular grocery store, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, just keeping in trend with what people expect from Betty Crocker, people do expect, well, you know, I'll have this ingredient on, on hand or – we have um, in the front and back of the book, right, right when you open the page, we have substitutions. If you don't have this, use this. You know, so I think that's a helpful guide for people too. Yeah, and you have uh, actually this, the first part of the whole book is uh, not just recipes, but you talk about some of it, and this is like the medical aspect of it the is. whole thing. Yeah, let's talk about that because that's important too. Because yeah. the symptoms for heart attacks or for heart event, they call them now, I think, mm-hmm. is uh, are different for men than they are for women. And you describe those in the beginning of the book. Yes, we do. And we talk about, um, you know, facts about women and heart disease. And uh, the biggest thing that I would say to women is if you feel like you're having some symptoms, even if it's stomach, you know, even if it's like in your stomach and you think, well, that's not my heart, I would still have it checked out. And if you're not getting the answers that you feel are the right ones, I would just be persistent. Go to a different doctor or 
you know, do what you need to do, but um, but be persistent if you're having issues and, and, you know, just stay with your doctor and stay on top of it because it's even difficult for doctors to diagnose heart disease in women. Yeah, so you really have to, if you just even think that you're having a problem, hey, take yourself to the emergency room and let them take a look at you because that's really mm-hmm. important. And you're very specific. Women are somewhat are more likely in this, and, and ladies, you'll find this in the book, but... Uh, we experience like this back, neck, or yeah. even jaw pain yes. when we're. Ha- I'm not sure where that comes from. Maybe we don't have to know that, but you just right. have to know what the symptoms are, right, Sherry? Right, absolutely. Yeah. Just know what the symptoms are, and um, you know, as we met with, and some of the cardiologists that we worked with on putting this content together are female cardiologists, and they're the ones saying, you know what? Even if you feel like you're having a heart attack or you feel like there's a problem, and you call 911 and you're not having one, so what? I mean, you know, it's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. So they're very much advocates of staying on top of this, too. And, Sherry, you are so right. And I think you bring up an issue, though. Somehow and sometimes, for many of us women, it's difficult for us to ask for help in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the women, and it really comes into play with this, you know, protecting yourself, you know, if you think you have symptoms of heart disease, Mm -hmm. is to, like, put it off and say, well, you know, I'm tired or I didn't Mm -hmm. get a good night's Mm -hmm. sleep or, you know, women are multitasking, Mm -hmm. doing all this stuff to really be in denial, and maybe more so than men. Now, I haven't seen statistics on it, but it seems to fit into our persona as as women, I think. Well, I think so, too. And then when they have done their research and talked to women who have just recently had heart attacks, that was one of the symptoms is that, you know, really increased fatigue, and they just didn't realize it because maybe they're always tired. We're always, we are always tired, <laughs> let's face it. <laughs> That's right, and so it's hard to separate that from you know, normal life versus having a heart attack. Yeah, and another thing is, also mentioned in the book, uh, is that, Women, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be over 60 to have a heart attack. No. That's another myth. Absolutely. Yeah, that's another myth. It can come much younger. In fact, it says 13% of women over 45 have now had a heart attack. Why do you think, Sherry, and I don't know if you can answer this one, but I was thinking about this as I was reading the book in the, in the beginning of the book where you have all this information. Why is it that women somehow think, and, and maybe it's just the media, we think that we're more afraid of cancer, and somehow there's this myth that we get cancer more than we do uh, suffer from heart attacks. I'm no, not sure. and, yeah. I, and I can't really answer that, you know, add that up either, but I, I think the women that have had significant people in their lives die of heart disease know, or, or even have, like have a major heart attack or a major event know that it is more significant. But I think some of us who maybe cancer is in our families, um, we're just, it's, I know cancer is just a big fear for women, but that's why this Heart Truth campaign that Women Heart has going on is so important because everyone needs to know know that the leading cause of death for women is heart disease. Yeah, and you have to keep saying it, which is what you're doing, which I think is a great thing because uh, it's true. I think maybe there's just been a lot of more more press when it has to to do with breast cancer, for instance, which is a good thing, and, you know, mammograms and those kinds of things. But now we have to do the same thing for heart disease, which is what you're doing, not only getting the word out there, Sherry, but in this cookbook, you, I mean, you have the answers, and that whole thing about lifestyle and what you eat is so important. it is, and it's that whole application thing. You can give me all the facts and figures and statistics, but, you know, help me. How how am I going to do this? So that's what we're really trying to do, And, and also to have people know that, you know, you don't have to make radical changes. Making small changes over time it is, is huge. I mean, that, that's really important. Yeah, 
baby steps, as you mm-hmm. say. And I think what, and that, that's a great point because what happens is, oh, I have to get a special cookbook. I have mm-hmm. to do all this stuff and I'm not, and you know, I'm too busy, as yeah. most of us say, we can't do yeah. it. But you know, when you have Betty Crocker behind it, hey, it's a Betty Crocker cookbook and it's Betty Crocker cookbook, Heart Health Edition. It's great having you on the show. There is just so much good information in this book. Ladies, you can go to BettyCrocker.com, and then all the cookbooks are there, and then you can get this one if you want, or any of the others, too. Um, Yes, and on BettyCrocker.com, people can also search healthy recipes. Just type in healthy recipes, and you'll get some, you know, things will come up. Or you can um, search for an ingredient if you're looking for, like, canola oil or um, flaxseed meal or something like that. Terrific. Thanks so much for being on the show this morning. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Yeah, great to have you. Sherry Olyarud, and she is the senior editor of the Betty Crocker Cookbook Heart Health Edition, which you can purchase online. And you've been listening to the Catherine Zock Show this morning with Lauren Beller, and we are on Voice America Women's Network. I'm your social worker with a microphone. We'll be back in a minute, and Amy Tiemann is coming up next. And uh, social networking, do you know what it is? Talk radio that informs, entertains, and enlightens you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh, uh, There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Jack LaLane.com presents Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. For the most current and up-to-date information and options in childbearing, family health, and parenting, tune in to Celeste Ranisi's Timely Topics in Childbirth, broadcasting every Wednesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you don't know your options, you don't have any. We don't beat you over the head with our opinion, and we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back. The Catherine Zox Show. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. Thanks for joining us this morning. 
Catherine Zox with my co-host Lauren Deller, and coming up in this half hour is Dr. Amy Tiemann. Uh, Lauren, this is very interesting because uh, Dr. Tiemann, and I call her Amy, she said that I could, has been interested in technology and society for many years now. As she lived in Silicon Valley throughout the 90s, she writes Parent Thesis, the parenting and technology blog for the leading tech news website CNET.com, and she's author of Mojo Mom. This morning, Lauren, we're going to be talking to Amy about social networking, and it's very surprising how people don't know, or people, ladies, men under the age or over the age of 30, really aren't clear about what social networking is. Welcome to the show, Amy. Nice to have you on this morning. Well, it's great to talk to you, Catherine. Social networking, and I, I actually, did you get my email this morning, Amy, because I emailed you and told you that two of my sons are on YouTube. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's Very cool, and I thought I'd start the show off with that, because one of them just did a music video, 250,000 hits. See, now I'm getting, like, into it, because my kids in their 20s are doing stuff on there, so that's how I'm learning what the social networking is all about, and the other one's Zox Band, and they're on for one of their songs, Good Night. So uh, it's sort of, because I have a personal I guess, experience with it, because I'm certainly over 30, I'm beginning to understand what it is. But for those who don't, what is social networking? Well, I think it's great you're seeing the benefit because social networking can be a great tool. And we know this from real life that, you know, moms and dads, we do networking in real life. It's just with people we know or people who we're meeting and adding to our network of friends. But for kids in their 20s and teens, it's all going online. So... Sites like Facebook, for example, Facebook is basically what a yearbook used to be, except now it's online and multimedia. You can put in your videos. You can chat with your friends. It's, it's sort of melding everything you had in a yearbook with the power of the Internet, which is a fantastic tool and is also a little scary, especially for parents, um, maybe thinking about their teens getting in contact with people who they don't really know or who might not be who they say they are. So I see the good and the problematic. And just to recognize it's evolving so quickly, I really empathize with parents that, you know, for teenagers to be up on this week's new thing is, is part of their culture. But for parents, it's kind of like, wow, <laughs> where did this come from? But, Amy, are there any real differences? Or I, I know there are differences. What are the differences between YouTube let's say, MySpace, YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Can you give us like a, a kind of a short uh, uh, little expose on that? I mean, there are some differences between those social networking websites. Okay, sure, really quickly. So um, YouTube is a place where you can put your videos up, like your son's putting up their band's music video and that the whole world can see. And this is very powerful viral marketing, you know, if it catches on, you know, if other people can take the video and embed it into their blog, so if people came to read their webpage, they could see your son's video there. Um, it's, it's great if there's content you want to share. The problem with YouTube is if your teen is ever in a situation where they're caught on video doing something embarrassing, like the video of the Star Wars kid, where it was a high school student who had videotaped himself doing his, you know, Star Wars, lightsaber moves, this ended up going all around the whole world. He had never intended to share that with the world. Some of his classmates found that tape and shared it, and it created huge embarrassment for him. That's really scary stuff. Yeah. What if, what if somebody, here's one, I'm going to throw this one out at you, Amy. I mean, what if within the family, what if one of your kids did a video of you and put it up on 
YouTube. Um, is that another possibility? And it, then the whole it, world sees it or something in the family or was videoing his brother or sister? You know, you don't have the best judgment sometimes, many times when you're in high school or middle school. That's also one of the dangers, isn't it? Exactly. And also because once it goes out there and other copies get made, you can't easily take it down. So you really need to be careful about what you're putting up there. I mean, one scenario to imagine is a teenage girl's birthday, um, I'm sorry, slumber party. You know, we would do all sorts of things at slumber parties that maybe we wouldn't share with the whole world, that maybe wasn't even that harmful. But now if it's being recorded by someone's cell phone video camera and loaded up to YouTube, you know, you, your, your child may be an unwitting participant in something they don't realize is going out there. Yeah, and it's, that's a great example because the venue does make a difference. Like <laughs> what's okay with a, a slumber party in your daughter's bedroom with the girls is fine, but in a different venue, it's not okay when, you, when the whole, you know, men are looking at it and, you know, absolutely. sexual predators or whatever it is. Okay, so now that's YouTube, MySpace. What's, what's MySpace? So MySpace and Facebook are somewhat similar. They're... Again, the social networking sites that are sort of like the, the yearbook updated technologically. Um, people think that Facebook is a little more private because you have to be a Facebook member to join and to see the profiles. But could you or not, could you or I join? Or yeah. Are the, yeah. Okay. So are there, join. are there many of us there who are like over thirty or over forty who join, join Facebook, or is this primarily for the kids? MySpace is perceived as a little more for teens and Facebook is perceived a little more for adults. But one thing teens need to keep in mind is that there are a surprising number of people over 30 and over 40 on both of these sites. So again, when you're sharing information there, either in your network of friends or publicly, it's it's going out to an audience of, of people who you might want to know and people who you definitely don't want to know. And it, even if that just means, you know, your mom's friend is looking at your page innocently, but you know, it's... Teenagers don't like the idea of their parents looking at their MySpace page. And I have to admit I can empathize because I have a blog. You know, I'm 39. I have a blog. It's out there publicly. But when my dad calls and says, oh, I really liked your blog posting today, it is a little weird, you know, yeah. just just socially. <laughs> You're like, well, I wasn't really thinking of you when I wrote that, Dad. So it's very um, disconcerting. That's that, that's an interesting point. Uh, you know, um, yeah, there are those of us who are out there. There are baby boomers. You're saying, you know, looking at this stuff, and uh, te- they may not, as you say, the uh, the teenagers or the the college students may not like that. Um, okay, so yep. I guess you just have to view it as the whole world. Anybody could be looking at this stuff, whatever it is, right? Yes. I mean, you, and think in those terms. So when two you, things, two things there to keep in mind. One is. That yes, I would not say anything on the internet that I wouldn't say in the New York Times or on a billboard <laughs> or <laughs> to my friend's face or to my mom's face. Um, the other thing to keep in mind again is the permanence. This is this is what I think is really a, kind of an unfair thing for teenagers to have to grapple with, but it is the reality. Unfortunately, is you know, like I said, teenagers they do risky things or silly things or things they will regret later. We all did that when we were teenagers. The problem is now there's a permanent record and a public record. And, again, teenagers just need to be extra aware that, you know, you might think it's funny to put a picture of yourself up drunk on your MySpace page, but what happens a few years from now when you're applying for a job and that picture comes up in an archive? Because I'll tell you, this is a big new trend in job hiring is they're going through the digital dossier of employees. 
Um, they absolutely are taking a look at what you're, how you're presenting yourself to the world, um, what you're saying about yourself and others. There may be, you know, some evolving standards of cutting people slack for doing things when they're younger, but if you put up something racist, sexist, homophobic, you know, it's, that's going to be hard for people to, to overlook. That's real important. And another thing is, do you think that that's when you're applying for a job? Amy, what about when you're applying to colleges? Do college admissions uh, people, do they take a look at this? I, you know, in terms when they're accepting, you know, going through the acceptances for colleges, would you think that yep. they also look at, at these uh, um, social networking, YouTube, MySpace, Facebook? Yeah, they definitely do. And so that's a really important time to start, you know, if you've made a mistake, the important thing is to start cleaning up your act with what's up there currently. Okay, what's in the past is in the past. You can always say that. But if you have, if you have a, face, a current Facebook page or a MySpace page that's saying ridiculous things or showing ridiculous pictures, you definitely want to clean that up when you're applying to college. Well, Amy, you're a mojo mom. You've written the book. And uh, how old is your, do you have a daughter? She's eight. And She's these, eight. These well, isn't are... this something that you have to, this is a new thing, it would seem to me, for, for, for parents these days, that that's part of parenting, um, part of the stuff that you have to tell your children when they get to middle school or high school, just that what you just told us, that, you know, you have to be careful. Yeah, you're going to be on these social networking, um, you know, YouTube and MySpace, but you have to really think ahead in terms of, people who college admissions jobs i mean that you have to actually say that to your kids absolutely yes you need you need to stay on top of these issues which is hard because 8 10 20 years ago we didn't realize we were signing up for this as parents but this is this is the new reality and it it starts very early i mean webkins which are the stuffed animals that have an online world that's social networking club penguin is social networking for you know for elementary school students so it starts really, really early, and, and you know, the battle that many uh, parents with kids in elementary school are kind of wrestling with is, you know, when do we start? You know, do I want my child to become an expert social networker at age nine, or can I push it back a little bit? <laughs> and the other thing is, as we all know, they go to birthday parties at age nine and ten. They're at somebody else's house, and they're going to have access to stuff just, you know, like uh, that you may not want them to. So they have to be prepared even if you don't have it in your own house, that they'll get it at somebody else's house. One last thing because we've got two minutes left. LinkedIn, what's LinkedIn? LinkedIn is a social network for professional, generally adults. So it's, um, you know, MySpace and Facebook, that includes a lot of just friends. On LinkedIn, it's more who you've worked with, who you might know professionally, might be able to give a recommendation to. So that's the really grown-up uh, version yeah. Is that a good thing, do you think, for us to join as, as grown-ups? Does that really connect you with professionals, what, all around the world? I, I think it it is, but one thing we all need to think about very carefully is how willing are we to have our complete resume out there on the Internet? Is that how much information do you want to share? So when you sign up, you don't have to fill out as much as they ask for. And just think about that. What are your personal comfort levels with sharing information. All right, so it would be the same thing as if you have a website. You put on your website, obviously, what you want the rest of the world to see, and if you don't want them to see it, you don't put it on the website. It would be kind of like the same thing with LinkedIn. Right, exactly. All right, tell us your website, because Mojo Mom, and I know you have the blog, and I want listeners to be able to tune in to you. got a minute left. Well, on MojoMom.com, I have my blog and a podcast, and I also write the Parenting and Technology blog for CNET.com. So that's called Parent Thesis, and you can find that uh, from the CNET.com homepage. 
Great. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, Dr. Amy Tiemann, and uh, join her on her blog. Uh, thanks. I learned a lot today, and I know a lot of my friends did too because they are in that category of 30-plus. Um, have a great day. My pleasure. Thanks. Thanks. Voice America Women's Network, you're listening to me, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone, with my co-host Lauren Beller. We're going to take a short break. And coming up next is Mark Summers. He's one of the hosts of the Food Network with a brand-new reality show. We'll be back in a minute. Talking about what you care about. News, relationships, health, finances. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. Tired of those fad diets and exercise routines that you don't stick with? Want to find a better way to incinerate fat and energize your life without those worthless pills or gimmicks? Then tune in every Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific to Fitness Truth with hosts Zach Hunt and A.J. Roberts. Achieve your weight loss and fitness goals and maintain them for the rest of your life. The rest of your life. That's Fitness Truth, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's like tiny nails in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Did you know your child's asthma attacks can be triggered by things like shower curtains, a blanket, even a teddy bear? I feel like I'm choking. And there are many other things in your home and your child's classroom you may not know about. For the latest information, call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. Sometimes I... My parents have to take me to the hospital. Help prevent your child's asthma attacks and avoid the emergency room. Call toll-free 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. That's 1-866-662-8822. Or visit www.noattacks.org. I don't want to feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA and the Ad Council. Let's face it, hormones happen. Whether you are male or female, hormones have an impact on your overall well-being. Dr. Hart brings to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel timely topics that answer your lifelong questions about hormones in men, women, and teens. Tune in to Optimal Wellness every Monday at 12 o'clock p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Optimal Wellness. Live life well. Live life long. Live life to the fullest. We talk with you, not at you. We're Voice America, Women's Radio Network, the new face of talk radio. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back to the Catherine Zox Show. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Catherine Zox with my co-host Lauren Beller. 
on the Voice America Women's Network. I'm your social worker with a microphone. And joining me in this hour is Food Network host Mark Summers. This February, the best recipes in America battle head-to-head for national glory in the new Food Network series, Ultimate Recipe Showdown. And the series features everyday folks competing in a kitchen stadium-like arena to put their best dishes against one another. The action kicks off on Sunday, February 17th, just a few days from now, because this is the 14th. Happy Valentine's Day at 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific for six weeks. Welcome to the show, Mark. Nice hey, Catherine, you how are you today on this Valentine's Day? I am fine. Nobody's giving me any flowers yet, but I'm still waiting. It's too early, you know? It'll, it it'll too, come. It is too But, hey, wait a minute. I'm Eastern time. It's not too early. That's um, true. <laughs> I keep going to the door, see if my boyfriend sent me anything. Anyway, okay. This is really exciting. Okay, so you're just hosting the show six weeks. This is like reality TV pitting who's going to be doing the cooking and tell us all about the event. This is sort of the American Idol of food is the way we look at it on uh, on Food Network. And what we did is we uh, told folks online that they could participate in a uh, food competition, if you think Iron Chef, but with real home cooks. Six categories, chicken, burgers, comfort foods, cakes, pasta, and cookies each week, one specific category. We're kicking off Sunday night, 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock Central, with the best chicken recipe in the country. And the winner will receive $25,000, and the recipe goes on the TGI Friday's menu nationwide. So there's a great incentive for the people who are at home watching saying, oh, my gosh, my aunt, my uncle, myself, my mom, my dad cooked the best whatever. Maybe I need to get in that competition, and we're hoping people get on board. And the thing that's so fascinating is we cook it in an arena with a live studio audience. Normally people are in their home, you know, in their jeans and a, you know, cut-off T-shirt or something, comfortable. How they walk into this arena in front of this audience cooking, uh, they had nerves of steel. I couldn't believe they pulled it off, but they did a magnificent job. Yeah, so tell us about the different kinds of people. I mean, just ordinary people, are they mostly women, men? You know, what are the demographics of these people? Because you're right, because that is really scary to be able to go out there and do that. I mean, usually are. You're doing it in your own kitchen. Absolutely. We had college students who uh, got on board. We had, uh, you know, people as old as uh, in their 60s. We had uh, people Watch in their, it. Pe- <laughs> yeah, say, you know, I'm close to that myself. People yeah, okay. in their 20s, 30s, 40s. We had uh, many ethnicities. Uh, you know, it was probably 80% women to 20% men. Uh, but anybody could participate. And when you realize that Food Network tested 10,000 recipes to pick the 54 best contestants in these six categories, uh, just to make it to that uh, accomplishment was uh, was quite remarkable. So, Mark, who are the judges and what are they looking for in each one of these categories? Carrie Simon, a- who is a restaurateur, has uh, restaurants in Las Vegas and Los Angeles. Uh, Catherine Alford, who is uh, one of the people behind the Food Network kitchens. And Russ Parsons, who is uh, the LA Times food critic and an author of uh, several food books, uh, are looking for a presentation. They're looking for uh, originality, uh, but mostly they're looking for taste. And, you know, you watch Iron Chef and you watch a battalion or a flay, uh, do something and you say, wow, that's amazing, but A, I can't find half those ingredients at my local store, or B, um, even if I could find the ingredients, I'm sh- not sure I could accomplish what those master chefs could do. I think the best part about our recipes are anybody can go to the website and download these things and make what you just saw on TV, and that includes the $25,000 winning prize. That's 
so exciting. So in other words, what you're saying is these are doable recipes. They're not so complicated, and you can find all of the ingredients, which I always think is really important, in your local grocery store. You don't have to go to New York City or L.A. to some specialty grocery store to get the ingredients. Right. You don't have to go to the, uh, you know, the Spanish store and then the Asian store and then the, uh, you know, Indian store to get all these things. Everything you see, you can get at your local, you know, be it a Whole Foods, Kroger, you know, Wegmans, whatever area you live in, whatever your local supermarket is, you will be able to find everything there. And I think that's appealing. I think we love to go to restaurants and spend sometimes too much money to eat some food that, you know, is interesting and unique. But the bottom line is when I'm at home, I want to be able to make something that looks good, tastes good, and is easy to to pull off that doesn't take me hours. I think the reason, one of the reasons, there's many, that Rachel Ray has been so successful is 30-minute meals is what we all hope for, you know. Yeah, exactly, because, I mean, we're all, and especially as ladies, I'll speak for myself and friends and colleagues, you know, we are multitasking. We're doing a million different things. You can't go home and spend two hours cooking a dinner. Or, you know, you may think you want to do that, but it never, and when I try to do that, I end up in tears. Why don't I even start this thing? I don't want to do this. You know, it sounds good on paper, but it's just not practical in my lifestyle. That's the problem, the practicality, yeah. and uh, I think a lot of people just want it quick and easy, and that's what it's all about on our show, I think. And, that, and Mark, I want to. You have you, you mentioned the different categories: burgers, chicken, pasta, cakes, cookies, and stuff, and comfort foods. What are the comfort foods? Well, when you think of comfort food, you know, generally it's uh, things with lots of uh, butter and cream, and uh, will probably make your doctor run in the other direction. Um, but um, I, I think you know all these categories. I'm a, I'm a sweets person, so when we did the cakes and cookies, I was uh, you know very eager to run over, uh, you know to run in the the, the direction of, of where those things were happening. And that's the other thing. I'm doing the show with Guy Fieri, and Guy and I would be on this crow's nest doing the play-by-play in the color, looking at what these uh, chefs were doing. And when we go to commercial break, we would both jump off and run and see if we could get to the food quickest to try it out. And uh, especially this week with chicken, some of the stuff we tried, uh, a lady made uh, this chicken dish with something called yucca fries from Yucca Root. And uh, they're like French fries, only about a million times better and a little more healthy. And something I'd never tried before, but they were terrific. So uh, I, I think I had to... yucca when I was in South America. I think from the yucca plant. Yes. Isn't that? It's, is it like a banana kind of? I think isn't it? Or... Yeah. It's, yeah. It's sort of a root vegetable thing. Yeah. And it's just it was terrific. I really really enjoyed it. And uh, that was a good thing about me and getting to work at Food Network is I learn so much and I get educated every time I either walk into a studio watching a chef or whether I'm hanging around at the Food Network kitchens. Now, Mark, are you? Let's talk about your weight. I mean, you're, you're running in the brakes to eat all this great food. I want to know: Are you thin, or can do? You, are you? Are have you put on the pounds? You know, these chefs. You see them in the beginning of their shows, oftentimes, and you know they're thin, and then over the years they get heavier and heavier and heavier. Are you one of those guys? Uh, it's starting to creep up. You know, I've gained about twelve pounds in the nine years I've been at Food Network, and um, I, I really have to start being careful. But I'm around. I, I exec produced a series called Dinner Impossible, and a couple of weeks ago we were doing an episode in Seattle, Washington, where Rob. Robert had to do a uh, wedding with a, a Japanese-Chinese bride and an Irish uh, groom, and he had to combine cuisines. And he took a filet mignon and stuffed it with Peking duck, okay? The most incredible flavors I have ever thought. Now, I would have never in a million years figured that out, but he did it, and it tasted magnificent. So, yes, I, I kind of have to taste a little bit of everything. And it, after a while, with no exercise and lots of traveling, it does uh, add the pounds. Yeah, to me, it sounds like you have the very coolest of jobs. I, I mean, no, seriously. I do. And that combination, what a combination. Can we get that combo? What about that recipe? Is that available for that us? That will be available uh, when that episode airs. Uh, I think it airs April 30th, as a matter of fact. We're doing Wedding Week on Food Network. 
and uh, that was one of Robert's challenges. And then uh, that evening, you'll be able to go online and uh, download that recipe. Absolutely. That's terrific. You know, we got a few minutes left. I want to know how you got into this business because this seems like just the ideal fun thing to do. It's food. You're on television. Uh, I mean, is this something you thought about when you were younger? This is what I well, They didn't even have these shows. So how did you get into the business? My mother put me on Romper Room, this kid's show back in Indiana in 1956. Oh, I you and I are in the same I'm, Romper Room, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, of course I do. And so I, as a kid, walked in and saw all these grown-ups having the time of their lives and said at that point, I have to do this for the rest of my life. And uh, got a you know a job. First, I was a magician doing uh, children's television television in Indianapolis. And then I became a disc jockey at age 15. Went to college in Boston. Moved to L.A. and became a page at uh, CBS Television City, working on All in the Family and Sonny and Sharon, Carol Burnett. And then uh, my first real job was writing uh, Truth or Consequences. The last year, Bob Barker hosted that show and was in the game show world for many years. Eventually, became a host on uh, Nickelodeon on a show called Double Dare. Uh, uh, was in the game and talk uh, world for many years, and uh, I had been out of work for about 18 months and realized that a lady I used to work for at Lifetime became uh, head of programming at Food Network. I called her up and I said, Judy, I need to get back to work, and she put me on Food Network in 1999. I've been there ever since, and uh, it's been sort of a charmed career and existence in the industry, and I've just been having fun. You know, I always say to my kids, I've never worked a day in my life, and uh, like to keep it that way, you know. You are, first of all, you're an inspiration and one lucky guy because, yeah, you are, you know, following your passion, obviously. Oh, yeah. Great, yeah, great career. I love it. So, okay, let's just spend, you know, we got we only have a couple minutes left. So let's just be sure that everybody knows the logistics of it, time and when we can see the show and uh, the competition. Let's just kind of go over that one more time. Absolutely. It's Ultimate yeah. Recipe Showdown premieres this Sunday night at 9 o'clock in the evening. On Food Network, uh, we have uh, nine competitors going for the best chicken recipe in the country. They will win $25,000, the best recipe, and uh, become a regular on the menu of TGI Fridays. Uh, cons- uh, and consecutive weeks coming up uh, of URS include the best burger, comfort food, cake, pasta, and cookies in the country. And uh, we hope people go to the website, and we hope they uh, watch because we will be opening up Season 2 looking for uh, new categories and new chefs and new opportunities. And uh, we'd love for everybody who's listening to try and get in there and end up on TV cooking in front of a live studio audience and perhaps winning lots of money. Terrific. I think I'm going to try it next time. I mean, you really inspired me, and I am a good cook, and I've got a great chicken recipe that you're going to miss on this round. But maybe, maybe you'll get it on the next round, and I'm really serious. Thanks so much for being on the show this morning, Mark. Catherine, I hope those uh, roses pop up at the door soon. So do I. I'm going to look now after the show's over. Thanks Have a great day. You too. Yeah, Mark Bye-bye. Summers. Terrific. What a great show. What do you think, Lauren? Isn't that cool? Well, I guess I don't have Lauren on right now. But anyway, we're, we've got only 30 seconds left. So I'm going to say goodbye. I'll say goodbye for Lauren. You're listening to Voice America Women's Network. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. Have a great day, and we'll see you next week.